podcast. This is Unhirable with White Karen and Go To Gay Tommy. Okay, so let's uh, let's all get together and establish some ground rules. Michael, do you want to say your full name? Uh, just Michael. Okay, just Michael. Is that how we're gonna release the episode? I guess. Don't be a Zach fucking I'm pussy. Sure You're care. here. What's your yeah? Exactly. Thank you. All right. What's your What's your you name? Just name shame him. My <laughs> he so did. My name is Michael Zakayim. Oh, say it again. Ooh, uh, slow it down. <laughs> say it into my good penis. <laughs> <laughs> no, so we have a Persian Jew fan of the show. That's what the that's the story here. Yeah. How'd you get on the show? Yeah. I tweeted at Tommy. And what'd you say? <laughs> and I said I'm a very hot Persian Jew that deserves to be on the show. And I said And I've been the co host at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, no, you asked to be on the show. Yeah. That's why you're on the show. And apparently I was the first person to ever think of this idea. That's not true. Is it not true? That's it's what Tommy true. told me. No, You're the first person ask- that's ever asked me to be on the show. Um. Oh, I've... Uh- I've uh, Instagram messaged Karen a bunch of times and uh, it did oh, not take. Oh, you're creepy. Really? It did not take. It didn't take? I mean, she, you would just respond back like a word. Did I shut like, it down no, and, no No, not asking like to be on the show. Uh-huh. I would just like comment on the show. What did you say? Was I mean? I wasn't mean. I'm always nice. No, no, you weren't mean at all. You would just like be like, oh, thank you. And that's it. Oh, I thanked you professionally. Yes. What yes. were you hoping for? No, I wasn't hoping for. I'm just saying with Tommy. Sociopath. So I, I was able to trick Tommy. I was not able to trick Karen. Ooh, that was some shade, Tommy. No, oh, it was some reality. House. I used the power of my penis. For the record, we're doing this in Tommy's bedroom. <laughs> and when we came in here to like set up and start recording, Tommy says to Michael, don't you dare come anywhere near my bed. You sit on the chair. <laughs> I thought that was like some hospitality. Like you take the good chair. Don't you think? No, it was hostile. Like, I, I understand. Yeah, yeah, meant to it's be. It's made of wooden slats. Yeah, I thought no you one... were gay. You showed up. You're straight. I'm fucking annoyed. I can't believe we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that does sound like a way a Catholic would show hospitality. But being like, no, you take the hard chair. <laughs> <laughs> well, Please, you should suffer for your sin of being a non-Arab and a Jew. Take my from ascetic the Middle East. chair. <laughs> it is Lent. This is my thing for Lent. Yo, my ex who is an Arab Jew. This is not the point of the show, but. Uh, my ex who is an Arab Jew was not Persian obviously but he said he was Sephardic which Persian Jews are and he said that the other Sephardic Jews don't associate with the Persian Jews because Persian Jews beat their wives true or true it is true <laughs> it is 100% is it? is it really oh absolutely wow well I think maybe like in the olden days a lot more than like probably here in America is that like a thing in the culture? Is that in Persian culture? I would think so, yeah. Is it Are not we talking in... about Persian Jews or Persian people? Well, so that's what I'm I think asking. Persian people in general. Ooh, you heard it here first, maybe, unless you're Persian. Okay, you actually, I think, are the prime offender, Karen, of not holding the mic at all close enough. Because I notice when I listen, I want to be clear. Does anyone else agree who listens to the show? What do you think? Sometimes I think Karen, because Karen never listens to the show, so she has no idea how she sounds. That's sounds true. Is, is at a much lower volume than anybody else. No, I think she show. sounds fine, but there were a whole bunch of episodes fine, that unless you were listening via headphones, you could not hear Karen. Yeah, and right. Well, that was our initial hilarious. technical difficulties. Yes. Um, we know that we, we recognize the tragedy, the great you tragedy. You guys recognized it like three months later. <laughs> we didn't recognize it three months later. We fixed it three months yeah. later. We There's knew it was a an big issue difference. the whole time. <laughs> yeah. So that is. All right. So in the spirit of radical honesty, uh, we got fired by un, by Unhirable, by Stand Up New York Labs. And I was editing the episodes when that happened. 
immediately after because Shelby, our producer, no longer was. And then uh, after about, whatever, three months, I guess it was, however long, I don't think it was that long, but however many episodes of people screaming in our mentions and probably just running away from the show at that point, yeah, um, we bullied Shelby into working for $25 a month uh, to edit four episodes for us. To be fair, though, just to put that in perspective, like that's a quarter of what we that's not that's a third of what we make on uh, basically on Patreon, which we are negligent on as a fan of the show. We'll be the first to admit that. And we really do need to be better about it because I want to talk about wage theft. And there is like an element of that in our behavior, Karen, like we're taking money from people and not giving them what we said we're going to give them. We have all the episodes they're just not either edited or up on po- Patreon. We have like probably six or seven episodes to put up there. Is that true? Yeah, because neither of us go on there. <laughs> We're both afraid of Patreon. <laughs> we are. Okay, so let's break this down for one second. We are terrified of Patreon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have a disease. We really have a blockage where we want to like, we want to like get in there and then that's like it's like an intimacy issue or like it's like a fucked up disease and i find myself i can't speak for you but like i find myself personally like the same way as like when someone tells me that they like me how i'm like okay like i can't if that's what patreon feels like totally okay so now you not being able to accept a compliment michael are a former patreon subscriber yeah that's interesting yes yeah so what 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 does this read like to you, actually? Because to us, it's like, ah, 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 just like we're avoiding, avoiding. <laughs> but like, it's fuck. I know it's fucking annoying for people who have like pledged $3 a month to us to not get what they're giving $3 a month to. For stupid reasons. Yes. I would be slightly annoyed, but since it's only $3, maybe not so much. We're going to deliver. We have to deliver. Yeah, as long as you put up a bunch of episodes that like make sub for it, I don't think there's an issue. Well, today we're going to record the story of what happened on Crest to Mouth. That ended Crest to Mouth. That that Dunzied it. Like, not the name of the show as much as... No, that that part of... That chapter of our lives as a podcast together. Yeah, because we started doing a show called Crest to Mouth together before Unhirable. Yeah, it was like our baby teeth. And yeah. then they fell out, and these are a giant. Yeah, and there, wasn't there another person who did it with you before Tommy? Great, Great question. <laughs> Her Funny name. You should mention. Her name is not to be mentioned on the show. No, just kidding. It's Caitlin Bailey, friend of the show. Caitlin Bailey, come friend on down. Friend of the show. It's 2018. There's no room for hurt feelings or anything. No, kind of she's going to be on the show anymore. at some point when I wear Karen down. We're all adults. We're comics. Yeah. No, of course, the past is the past, and everybody, everybody is so happy. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me, that but you'll have like, to tune into Patreon to find out good. the truth. It sounds not good. I'm not going to challenge you on this episode, but you can literally you have to get ready because I'm I have so many because, qu- you know, I don't really know the whole thing. Is that true? Yeah, I don't really because really? I never really asked you about Caitlin. Yeah. What the fuck do I care about Caitlin Bailey? Yeah, right. She was like nice to me when we did uh, like Race Wars a handful of times together when I first started doing Race Wars. Um because she read the news on race wars, right? At that you, point. you were, you came in at her 
exit of like, everything. She was done. Yeah. So I had just started. I gotten into a fight with Kurt on Twitter, and then like he told me to listen to his podcast because he was going to talk about me and everyone else that worships sacred cows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That week on his show, and I was like, "Go fuck yourself." And then I listened, and like it was Ann Coulter, and I was like, "Oh, they get like interesting people to be on their show and fight with." So I did call in, blah, blah, blah. This is all very unexpected to me. I know nothing about comedy or anything, literally nothing about any of the people involved with this. I didn't know who Sherrod was. I didn't know who Kurt was until that fight. And I Googled him and I was like, oh, Amy Schumer. I know that. Uh, And same with Sherrod. I knew like best week ever. And I knew like Fox News was a thing. And he was on it sometimes. Like, but I didn't know any, and I knew he was uh, Chris Rock's. Oh. No, I knew he was Chris Rock's <laughs> first cousin. But that's the limit. I'd never seen anybody that was on the show. I knew guests that were coming in, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, Che. Che was like the first time. No, and I didn't know that, like. Friend this, of the show. I've Che. Literally best friend, big brother of the show, <laughs> whether he likes it or not. Michael Che, I'm so inspired by that guy. His Insta stories are mwah. Yeah, his I, insta's popping. He shits on people. Ooh, like, is, that, his, is that a critique? No, it's just that's, I think that's what you meant by his insta stories. Like he posts stuff that people said to him and then he proceeds to shit on it. Like in DMs. Yeah, yeah I yeah. know what you mean. Well, he definitely did that with enemy of the show i forget his fucking name who's the enemy of the show this guy that i sort of know from boston he grew up in newton and he writes for paste magazine when did the show have enemies yeah i was just gonna say this is the first this time guy's this a fucking enemy. Had an enemy really well until he comes on and he becomes a friend best but friend yeah dear yeah. friend <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but right now he's an enemy because an enemy is a friend interesting. that right, you're just right, waiting right. to come around and be a friend to have sex with yeah, yeah i it, mean yes yes What's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, but this guy like wrote like a, a a long time ago. I tried to get this guy to come on the show. I think his name is Seth. Um, anyway, long story short, he. Do we not know the names of the enemies of the show? I mean, he's not <laughs> worth remembering. No, thy enemy. <laughs> we need to know our enemies, Tommy. All right, I'll, I'll Google it. But the long story short of this, I actually, this is a perfect way to know about our enemies. Um, <laughs> to know nothing about them, including their names. <laughs> That's a good punishment, a starting punishment for an enemy is to know nothing about them. <laughs> I know, I know, but I do know this guy. He, like, I met him and he, like, dated the daughter of a family friend and, like, uh, yeah, he was, he's, like, he's a rich kid from Newton and he wrote this article in Pace Magazine about how Michael Che needs to be a better advocate for black people. He's not doing enough to end racism. Some bullshit like that. And I called him out on this when I read it. Sam. Seth. Oh, his name is at S.A. Simons. Seth Simons from Paste Magazine. Okay. His pin tweet says, comedians should stick to what they know best. Saying two things and then a slightly different third thing. He is the assistant Oh, so he totally figured out comedy. He's the well, he should because he's, he's very clever. The assistant comedy editor oh. at Paste oh. Magazine. Oh, he's also the deputy editor of the Mary Journal. So that's writer just a- at Theater with an RE magazine. So that's just a long way of saying not a comic. Um, that is a very long way. That's the way I'm speaking today. Is long. 
I, I don't know. I don't know what else to do about it. I needed to slow down. I walked from the West Village after work. I tweeted some shit about a former boss. I'm like fighting people. I just am fighting people that I think are hypocritical or dishonest now. I think because of knowing you. I think because of that mm-hmm. initial fight I got into with Kurt Metzger. Mm. Because I came into that a literal social justice warrior and have had my eyes. That lasted for two seconds of knowing you. Because I just immediately felt comfortable yeah. in a room full of people that were actually diverse in a lot of ways in the way that they thought the way they looked the way they fucked and we're just like disagreeing sometimes screaming about how much <laughs> they disagreed and being cool yeah. like with each other like just like the energy was cool yeah. and like what was really compelling to me was seeing feminists enter that space and be cool well feminists were welcome exactly because a like lot of feminists aren't welcome. cool with that circle though yeah kurt metzger Sherrod Small. Yeah, but that's the resource thing, right? It's like if even if they're not cool with the resource circle, the resource circle is always cool with you. That's like the whole thing about resource. It's like it's only a war from the outside if you're combative. Like from like inside resource, it's never a war. It's like always like hanging out. Totally. Even when it's uncomfortable. Even when it's uncomfortable. Yeah. It like, should be. Hitler could be a guest on Race Wars. And- uh, I mean, if he were down, I don't know. I know. Hitler's such an like, extreme example. It's so extreme. Would Assad be a guest on Race However, Wars? Yeah, but 100%. Look, right. Yeah. If you had the opportunity I, to I make your shit blow up show. that hard, that'd be like if Mark Maron turned down Barack Obama as a guest on What the Fuck. Like, of Why? Because he murdered people with drones? That's what I'm saying. Like, of course, if Hitler wanted to come on the show we would have a moral obligation as well as a financial obligation to ourselves as <laughs> jews to do it and that's the most important obligation and that's the, you as said it it's Could, in the torah it's why they got killed amen the what because people said they liked money too much um and then they blamed the depression in germany on the jews right you are literally Wait, about money what? it was literally yeah, jews true. relationship to money that was what turned I think a lot of people against them. Not justifying it, but I think that's what was used initially, like explicitly. Well. The the depression was blamed on Jews' greed. I'm not saying Jews are greedy either. I'm saying Jews get a game. It's similar to race wars. Like, Jews just get the game. They don't, like, hate other people that are playing the game. They're just chilling. That's why Jews do so much business with China. China Mm -hmm. gets the game. It's about money. It's a bottom line situation. Yeah. It's very Trumpy, honestly. But everybody hates a bottom line situation. Russians are bottom line people. Like people who are like, and Israelis are like that too. And people who are like that are hated by fair gamers. You know what I mean? Like not like people who want the game to be fair. Like America's founded on this somewhat bullshit principle of like fairness, right? Like the American dream. If you work hard, the systems like this isn't like a shock or whatever, like or being on the edge, but like the system's so rigged in favor of like the system perpetuates itself, right? So if you have your kids are going to have probably, right? Like a hundred percent. I think that like when you end up dealing with people who grew up with a lot of money and people who grew up with no money in the same situation, there's microaggressions that happen what what could literally be defined and i'm going to start using that word a little because i met like an expert on them and i'm like now like you met an expert on them he means he fucked one uh that's literally not something i'm going to comment on (laughs) (laughs) but i did go on a date with somebody who or a date yeah whatever fuck you know what i don't give a shit yes i like in a dating context uh they but not somebody i'm like dating just like a cool guy uh like I said gaping asshole I said that (laughs) I 
didn't like when people use the word microaggressions and he like calmly this is a little bit of a compressed story but he like basically just calmly went over to his bookshelf got the book that he wrote on microaggressions <laughs> and handed it to me so he literally committed a microaggression it was yeah but like the best kind <laughs> ever it was so hot that was like literally i was like okay do you want do you want my eggs i mean I'll, i don't have them but i'll go like steal them from someone you can have them i don't give a shit but um do you really do you want to do a regular aggression now between like rich and poor i think that that's the thing how many no, did you grow up with money no <laughs> with Colin Quinn. <laughs> hello is what kind of money on? did you grow up with uh like very little all right BDA, come on elaborate you, you gotta carpet? jump in speak 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 persian we're thinking carpet money beard yes, money what's on. happening oil sand, money. sand money oil money well, what do you have basically my father like uh he said he never went into business because he i guess he was the worst kind of jew that because he thought he it wasn't fair to like buy something at a price and sell it for more money okay so he's a fair gamer growing up yeah. in a bottom line situation interesting good breakdown and then so he like my parents are like that too by the way yeah. they like won't do business right yeah, that's a that's a certain type of Jew. That is a certain type of Jew. And by the way, that's a poor Jew. So what did your dad do? <laughs> he worked at the oil company in Iran. Just I guess like he did like HR or something, mm-hmm. or something like that, just like an office job. And then he saved his money and then like he bought, I guess, a bunch of land in Iran. And then the government just took that. Uh, and that's when your family moved to the States. Um, yeah. And I mean, so what did you do growing up? What do you mean? Like, what was your story? Like, what did your dad do once he moved here? Uh, so we moved here. I have much older brothers who, like, basically were grown up and, like, had jobs and stuff. And they could, you know, they guess they supported us somewhat. Oh, you had a completely different upbringing from your siblings, probably. Yeah. How old were you when you moved here? 13. But oh. his siblings, how many siblings do you have? Uh, I have four. And how old is the next closest to you? 17 years older. 49. Years a 49 old. year old. <gasps> yeah. That so you are basically like an only child. Yeah. But yeah, you have the benefit so. of like older siblings who can be like parents and like share the burden of like finance and parenting. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. His mom's mad young though. How old's your mom? Uh 74. Okay, yeah. So think about that. With 50-year-old kids? Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, well, how old's the oldest? I really don't like 50-something. I don't know. Well, obviously. But <laughs> <laughs> obviously. Just doing math. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's interesting. So your family, what did they do? Like, what kind of money do you have? Like, my dad was, like, out of work, disabled. My mom was a teacher. She made, like, uh, my, very little money, like twenty to $30,000 a year to support a family of five. Yeah, so I don't know what kind of money we had in terms of dollars because, like, you know, we just – my my dad like retired when I was born, so it's like we just lived on his like retirement salary, basically. Were you comfortable? Did you need things? Yeah, like we had a house. We had, like I I I I never wanted for anything like except like fancy things like video games and stuff. But like we ate. So what do you do for work now? Uh, consultant for like business insurance and stuff. So like you talk to business people about getting insurance. Uh, we like for medium sized companies and like larger companies, we try to get money back if they've been overcharged by their insurance companies oh so you're like helping. and like you sell some insurance too and stuff like that so you make up so for you make the money good, yeah that's yeah. What, like you make, you make up for the do-gooding by bad good doing yeah you're canceling out how your parents were angels by being do bad kind of monster yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's At least okay. we're laughing I to know. ourselves. Listen, listen, it's like that we're like, we're exactly like that. We're parasites on society. That's what we do now. Like, that's who I'm drawn to is people like that, like kind of second, like first generation of not an immigrant, like your immigrant parents 
were hardworking angels and you have the luxury of being garbage. Yeah. I love that. I am told like I have I used to have like that drive that immigrants have when I first came here and then I just became a total like American lazy piece of shit like at some point it's hard to escape being an american lazy piece of shit being not being lazy is the hardest thing i can possibly imagine doing but i'm not like a lazy (laughs) worker i'm actually an amazing worker Mm. and i don't say that like boastfully i say it literally accurately based on what every single boss that i've had in new york city has said about me Mm. i've had keys at every single restaurant that i've worked i'm talking about restaurants right now oh we really differ my wine job i definitely left uh under non-mutual terms they fired me <laughs> and i said okay uh but that was a piece of shit job anyway for me uh, with not piece of shit people but i had a really good restaurant job when i first moved to new york city and i like kind of went nuclear on facebook and instagram and twitter today because one of the former owners of that restaurant just started a new business as a financial consultant for restaurants and like it popped into my feed. I knew that's what she was doing. I think I even liked the page a long time ago and then unliked it a long time ago. Like when she first started, cause that's the more Tommy, <laughs> well, cause like I, I like have this sense of obligation to employers. I always want to do a good job and I always want my employer to like me. And to appreciate the job that I'm doing and to like me because of the job that I'm doing, not because of, like, who I am. Um, I'm the exact opposite. I'm like, you will not like me because I do a good job. (laughs) You will like me because I'm fun. Nobody (laughs) doubts that. I'm cute. (laughs) (laughs) I will not do well. (laughs) I'm so jealous of that. I guarantee it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that way, when you do achieve, like, you get mad credit. And shock and disbelief. And then they're like, oh, my God, you're cool. And you occasionally work like amazing place to be with employers. I genuinely believe, though, that excellence begets excellence. So if you strive for excellence in something that like you you could easily say doesn't matter, then you're going to work that much harder when something actually matters. It's like running on the other hand. On the other hand, being lazy makes you more lazy. Yeah. Yeah, you raise a good point. <laughs> so you get my point. Yeah. Hundred and twenty percent. It's clear. So uh full disclosure, Michael came to my apartment today at nine thirty PM when I told him to be here. Karen showed up at nine thirty five, even though I had told her nine PM. <laughs> So even though she was five minutes late, I accounted. That's what happened, and that's it, in case you were unclear. <laughs> Tommy was seething beforehand. It is. I wasn't seething. I was, uh, like, uh, 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 yeah, seething. <laughs> I was trying to think of something funny. I, I was traumatized by the memory of it. It's just I'm triggered so easily. Karen, but to be fair... I was trying my hardest to respect your time. <laughs> Thank you for using my language. That's that's language I've used in a fight about about the Karen. Your window though is not like a human window. It's it's been, like you were early today. That's the earliest you are is a half an hour late. That is the absolute earliest Karen will be for any single thing. Your window is 30, well, in my experience, 30 to 90 minutes, but we found out today that it goes even higher with some people. Oh, my God. 
my god yeah i this weekend god bless him i'm fucking this angel <laughs> this weekend what's up i won't say his name what's up and <laughs> i had like limited time to hang out like 24 hours to hang out this weekend this is the way it happened and i was like let's get lunch let's like start the day early because i have to go and um he was like great like come here at noon and we'll like go to this restaurant but blah, blah blah so I was like great so it was late the night before and I texted him I was like listen obviously noon's so obviously not gonna work like can we do two o'clock right like right away sure next thing <laughs> comes look I don't know why or even how <laughs> but it was like by the time I arrived there it was probably Probably a little bit past five o'clock. <laughs> it was six. It was six. It was by the time we got to anywhere even remotely near food, it was like definitely past six o'clock. I'm not even gonna say approaching six. That would be a lie to you guys, and you don't deserve that. And to him who's listening. And to him, it's so it is so upsettingly disrespectful of his time. And and he's Has like he a used sweet that language? person. No, that oh, language comes from me. It, you know what? Every single time, like, well, I've done it. I've fucking done it now. This person that I'm, his, he's new and is, of course, is allowed to be mad at me. He's like always on time or early. It's like very sweet and responsible. He's gonna hate me. And every time he's like, no, you're good. Mm. He's a good guy. Yeah, that's sweet. a that's a that's a nice thing. Yeah, no, but I always try it's to like really be on time and demonstrate. I try to be on time as well through action. No, you do. That's the thing, though. Like, intent matters. That's what I'm saying. It fucking matters. I know, because you, literally... You have to look at only my intent I'm, I'm and none of my actions. You. Do you know, feel 100%. really bad about it, though? I feel bad the whole time. And I feel really stressed out, like, as I'm trying to get where I was supposed to be seven hours ago. I'm really stressed, and I feel horrible, and I feel like I'm letting everybody down, and they should be mad at me, and I deserve it, and I'm, like, really... But on the other hand, I'm also, like... I mean, whatever, like... <laughs> <laughs> like well, you're an up. energy converter too. Like when you're in a, in a situation, like you can be like a leader in changing the energy in it. Probably for worse, but in my experience, <laughs> like for good. So uh, you probably have to build this like thing up. Maybe you're a sociopath. I don't know, and you're just like manipulating everyone into it's thinking like it's normal. Maybe, <laughs> also maybe. I think sociopathy number one is a matter of degree. Number two is what I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and probably but what everyone in New York. I is. struggle so hard, and here's the thing: if if like someone's life depended on it or whatever, like. I'm sure I would also be late and they would die. Like, <laughs> yeah, I guess don't trust me. Is the so message. no, the message is you're consistent. <laughs> you're consistent. dependable. <gasps> That's reliable. a type of dependability. But yeah. if someone needs me to be somewhere, they literally need to tell me four hours earlier than when they actually need me to be there and then build in like a day. Build in not only a day, but also like a Home Alone series of like Rube Goldberg like consequences for me. So that like if I trip one, like my life falls. Like I need for real. Um, I need like concrete action yeah. to help me. You can do that to yourself. To force me into one narrow way. You know, I would never recommend you for a job in a restaurant. I have to be honest with you. I can't do them. I know. And you've said that to me because I, <laughs> I initially was like, oh, Karen's so cute. She should come work at this. Because I work currently uh, at the most amazing restaurant for the most amazing people. And I cannot believe how lucky I am to work for people that have 
and I'm not I'm not blowing smoke and I'm not kissing ass. I've been working in restaurants for 11 years. I cannot believe that people aren't pieces of shit in this industry. Mm. I cannot believe it. I've never worked at a restaurant for as long as I work at the one that I work at currently. I'm not going to talk about it out of respect for the people that I work for. Lesbians. That's all I'll say. Lesbians. <laughs> Should run everything. Should run everything. That's all that I will say. But um, I've worked for so many, maybe women, honestly, because I've also worked for a couple straight women at this place in New York City called Tia Pole. It's an amazing tapas place. And the women that run it are the fucking shit. They're so cool. Uh, it's two women that own it. They like have a staff that's been there forever. It's so chill. They know how to make money. They know how to respect their guests. They know how to respect their staff. Like It's just respect on respect. So I don't work there anymore, and I will say that, and you should go eat there. It's a mwah, beautiful place. It's on 20th and like what 22nd. What is tapas? Like small Italian plates. Uh, small Spanish, Spanish. plates. Yeah, Only small you. plates, so you can't get a big plate if you wanted yeah, there's, to. There's, there's sure a good one. Could you suck too. a dick for a big plate? Oh, fuck yeah. Especially <laughs> if it has their truncha, their trout, Navarin trout. Mwah. Really? It's got a, yeah, it's got like speck ham is on it. It, it sounds so fancy. Good. I'm feeling very mwah. <laughs> How mwah? On a scale uh, from one to one. You know what? I do that a lot when I'm bartending. I do it a lot all the time because it's kind of dewy. Oh, I was. I think it's like more like Italian. Like when people ask me how things are, that's how I communicate to them. It's I so like emphatic. a little bit. Sometimes not too much. I sprinkle it. You know, because you kind of perform when you're bartending. I go through phases of. Yeah, I don't do, I do it a lot. It's a nice. It's a. It's a nice emphatic. But too much is like oversalting your food. Like it tastes disgusting. It's and, like anything. And you're wasting it. It's like anything when people get like obsessed with a word. I do this a lot. Like obsessed with a word or like dope, dope, dope. I was saying dope forever. Oh God, what an asshole. That is like a type <laughs> of appropriating. Oh well, it's appropriating from the young. Like we've no. And the black. Like, and is it appropriate? I think dope has got a hundred percent. No. I just assume most things most that, trendy like, words are most trends. Period. End of That's story. That's true. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I think. I think that if queer black people, especially, if really? we're getting to the point where we're asking, is it appropriation? Then it's not appropriation. It's so much a part of the culture. That appropriate. Appro- the not, ship we has can't sailed, and this. everything's appropriation. No, that's what I'm saying. If you're like, did we appropriate this? I can't remember or not. It's like that is so much a part of the culture that even having this argument is a moot moot point. Okay, then. Okay, if we said yeah, it's appropriation. Okay, well then, how are we supposed to restitution that? Is there Give good a appropriation? dollar to every black person because we took dope. Like, okay, the ship has sailed, so to but, speak. I mean, but it's like just one little piece of a much larger. This is where I think the art, the like conversations get. So stupid, not with us, like with people about appropriation. Never with us. No, no, no. It's <laughs> like it's not about it's not it's not about dope. It's never been about dope. Yeah. It's about that dope is one tiny little piece of something much larger. And I'm, I'm gonna keep steering us back to restaurants because I will not rest until I talk about what a piece of shit Top Chef Harold Dieterly uh, and his business partner Harold Dieterly. Harold Dieterly you won the first, first season of Top Chef, and his business partner Alicia Nosenzo were when I worked for them at their first restaurant they opened together in New York City, where I worked for a year and a half, and they asked me back to help them consistently until they closed all three restaurants they owned in New York City. So I was a very trusted member of the staff there, even though I was treated like a piece of shit by Harold and Alicia. So I'm going to steer us back to that. Um, but wait, what were we talking about? Well, wait, Appropriation. So- and it goes back to restaurants because this it's one little piece of like a much larger thing where everything gets taken. All trends. You agreed, Michael. 
when I said that trends <laughs> start from like black people That's in my the United States. And if not, you will agree. Yes. Well, you're not jumping in enough, so you have to get in there. I'm Karen, sorry. you're right. Karen, that's funny. That was amazing. <laughs> Whatever, just yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I will literally <laughs> shut your mic off. <laughs> I'll pull a full Shelby. That's what Shelby used to do whenever Karen was speaking. Oh, it's so <laughs> annoying. All of a sudden, I can't hear myself, and I go, "Um, did you just fucking turn my fucking shit off? The fuck you just did?" And he goes, "Oh, but everybody was talking over each other." I mean, this was it serious. To say that I was incredibly mad, but also did nothing, would be the exact truth. Because you are on brand constantly, <laughs> whatever, raging. But oh, whatever. I was like, well, right. <laughs> whatever you guys bring up, Shelby, I just imagine like a big fish sitting on a corner, like. Okay, oh, so, so you've you, met him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Shelby. <laughs> Oh, have you guys met? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was so nice. We took him to see SpongeBob SquarePants on Broadway, <laughs> and he cried through the whole thing. He really misses home. He, he felt at home. Yeah, we yeah. had to explain that that wasn't his father. Yeah, yeah. He'll never know the father. The mother didn't. <laughs> the thing about fish is that as soon as they lay their eggs, they die. Yeah. <laughs> his mother actually could have lived. She just killed herself when she saw what she spit out. Shelby, your mother is a sack. <laughs> your mother is bait um no and your siblings were food yeah okay poor guy poor yeah, guy poor yeah, kid well, who fucking cares about shelby he's sometimes such a cunt it's like unbearable but sometimes he's sometimes he shows this like sweet heart and sometimes he's such a cold fish how old is he <laughs> he's like almost 30 in fish years yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're not supposed to live that long dude it's it's That's against crazy. god yeah. yeah but he like grew up next to a nuclear plant so the water was all crazy yeah uh, he's fucked up he's he never gonna die memory. god bless him yeah he <laughs> is a very good guy he has been editing our show so that it sounds as good as it does so you could hear karen karen and i are uh every single type of abusive you can possibly think of to him remember we when we sent him the porn gif of somebody getting fucked in the ass with a traffic cone <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was the big tip of the iceberg and then the fisting gif started oh, yeah. and it was just because like he wouldn't do one thing that we wanted which was like not a reasonable request <laughs> It was like, let us come to Stand Up New York that fired us and record us for free in the studio. And he wouldn't do it. So we started texting him literal nonstop fisting gifts for like Hardcore 10 minutes. gay, anal, <laughs> sodomy porn. I never came so hard in my life. <laughs> Me neither. I couldn't podcast for a week anyway. <laughs> he was so, he's such an easy person. Like, you know, we all have chew toys and Shelby is ours. Thank God. But it's like, don't even have these triggers if you don't want me to push your buttons. Yeah, but he also... If you like, hate gay, ass-gaping porn gifts, yeah. don't let that be known. It Because I have to <laughs> send them to you. <laughs> Sometimes randomly out of the blue, just to remind it, him who's on top. Listen, if you have a button, I will smash it. Totally. Please don't show it to me. It's yeah. only fair. Oh, well, the, it's to help you. Yeah, it's to help you. you lose the button. That's what I'm saying. Lose the button. That was the second part of what I was oh, about. Exactly. Wow, that's interesting. That was I, the whole idea. Yeah, that is exactly it. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is also my favorite thing about this partnership <laughs> is that I say things and then Karen's like, exactly what you just said. Mine. <laughs> Mine. <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, but now it goes both ways. Because you found a button. You find all my buttons and you push them. But they're shattered, so whatever. <laughs> 
I'm traumatized. That's a unique sound. I'm literally traumatized. But it's easy to repeat <laughs> offend on like trauma victims, you know? Like yeah. if somebody's traumatized, it's easy to just like keep going at them. And like with poor people, rich people, you see that happen a lot. Where like okay, so like working at that restaurant, here's one example of the financial abuse that I experienced working for Harold and Alicia at Perilla in New York City. And I know I know that I'm not alone in having experienced basically a lot of what I'm about to describe. Exactly this, being cut off at 40 hours of the pay that they would pay me hourly, the pay that they're paying me out of the house pool, not out of my tips. Uh, they would cut me off at 40 hours. Uh, so every, no overtime ever. No matter how many hours I worked. How that many hours would you say overtime that you would work on average? Oh, not a lot. It, that's the thing that was crazy. Oh, is, so they weren't even like saving that much by exactly. fucking you. It was greedy. They just wanted to fuck you, yeah. yeah. It, it was greedy. But it wasn't just me. It was a policy across the business. But that's disgusting. That's ultimate bottom line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a bottom lining that lacks... that lacks all humanity well bottom that's bottom line when you stop seeing people altogether exactly they didn't even see you exactly to them it wasn't disrespect because I, to them it was aligned perfectly with their values which was make money fuck bitches okay and so to be clear point. alicia handled all the finances harold was the chef and in the kitchen okay well then fuck you very much alicia but fuck both of them because it was their business wait, wait, and wait. harold was heard that such a dick to me when i worked for him really Oh my god. He was such a I didn't know who he was cuz I don't watch. I like with fucking comedy. I didn't watch Top Chef and don't give a shit about it to this day. Uh I mean and, it's such a good show. Okay, well he won the first season and people think he was like so chill and like he was just such a fucking cocky dick, but also so awkward to watch interact with like fans of his and like said like I heard him say like a couple of gross things about women like being sexy I don't really remember the details but I remember being like ugh and I definitely remember a bunch of women who worked in his kitchen saying he was a pig really yep do I you didn't remember hear... anything specific no I do not but I do know that one of the waitresses I worked with uh, claims to have been raped no by one of his line cooks what? not by him yeah well she didn't use the word rape so i shouldn't say that she said that he followed her into a bathroom at the four face liar which was the bar around the corner people went to and had sex with her even though she said no no so that's, so that's rape. So that's rape. That that definitionally is rape but she didn't identify it as rape and she actually di- How did dis- she say that then? She disclosed it. So she wanted to hook up with him but didn't want to fuck and then he fucked her. And then I think that they had sex after that and like So it was a grape. It's not my business to tell that story actually probably. Yeah, but you didn't name people. It's like no, no one I has didn't. any idea what that is. No. And if she ever want Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, so fuck it. I'm going to stop that story there because it has You're nothing to do to with Harold and Alicia. Story if you don't like out people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I don't remember anybody's names. I don't remember who they were. Of course. Yeah. And it all was alleged. When you get older, names are like the first thing to go. When I was a yeah. kid, I used to have this ironclad memory for names of people I didn't even know. Like, I would just know everybody's shit and I'd remember like people's names forever. Yeah, well, I don't remember anybody's names. Fuck that names. shit. You yeah. I mean? No, no, no. So, you have to earn your... I you forget have to f- names instantly. Names have to be fucked into me. I remember Harold <laughs> and Alicia's names and they had nothing to do with that situation I just described. The What I would say crimes that they... Allegedly, if they're crimes, I don't want to call anybody a criminal... 
But a, a lawyer did say that this is wage theft, cutting people off at 40 hours. It is wage theft. So that sounds like a, I've worked a crime. in a place that did that. I, it was recommended to me today to contact the attorney general. It's been like it, like five or six years. It was like the first job I had Also, in New York. almost every restaurant does that. Like the fact that you have restaurants where you're like, they, they were amazing and they don't do that is the exception that proves yeah. the rule because you have to say that. I cannot emphasize how ethical the people I work for now are. It's Lesbians. shocking. It is shocking. It is so every day I wake up, I believe in God now. I like believe in God. I'm like, thank you, God. This is good energy returned. Wait, can I just say something? Yeah. Lesbians. Can you scream it? Because <laughs> <laughs> I would like people to hear it more. I mean, honestly, it's the truth. Lesbians. But this was a restaurant run by two straight people. They fucked up my insurance. The manager there who grew who, up Dieterly? Harold Dieterly? Harold Dieterly. Dieterly. Yeah. And Alicia. No Senzo. No, uh, no these are two people that like uh, raised a lot of money to r- open three restaurants ultimately in New York and after the third one which was like a bullshit vanity project that celebrated Harold's Italian and German heritage so it was a literal menu with a line down the middle one half was his <laughs> a- Italian family name <laughs> one half was his German family name and it was German bullshit food and Italian bullshit <laughs> food and you could pick so you could mix and match <laughs> It was so crazy. It was such a vanity thing. I can't even believe it. Wow. You have to really be into wanting to fuck him in order to enjoy that food. <laughs> Which people are. Into really? fucking Yeah, of course. Top Is chef. Is he hot? No. Okay. Oh. <laughs> That's the worst thing you've told me that he's done this whole time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I worked at that restaurant because that's the one that sank the ship because it was bullshit. Perilla was good. Uh, then they opened a Thai place because I guess he spent like a week in Thailand and <laughs> learned how to cook Thai food. I don't know. It was pretty good. Kin shop. Uh, he spent probably more than a week. That's disrespectful. Uh, but fuck you, Harold. So I don't give a shit. Uh, he was so disrespectful when I worked for him. Um, the last he was he was like the type of guy that wouldn't make eye contact. I don't like those guys that like won't make eye contact with other men. Boo! 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 boo. Um, Be a human. I think it's also probably because I didn't know who he was. Like the first time he walked by me when I first started, I was like, "Hi!" I didn't know who he was. <laughs> I didn't know he was the owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were also socially awkward. Yeah, but- like also fucking set the like set be the man you want to be the mirror of or whatever the line is like be the guy who's cool like don't be the asshole why would you start at the top of the company with like i'm the asshole because i'm at the top okay so the whole place is an asshole so that's what you're doing be cool and the whole place will be cool totally and he but he okay so from what i understand i didn't he was definitely in charge of the cooks we made okay money in the front of the house. Like I was paid when I started eight dollars an hour plus tips. Plus I got like a thirty dollar meal every night for free. That's nice. So that was sick. So I you locked already up rock the, hard. I I, I locked <laughs> up the restaurant. I had keys to the restaurant. I locked it up every night, so I had to stay the latest of anybody and come. Um, all over the. <laughs> um, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Um. So I was paid eight an hour. I was making like anywhere between two and three hundred dollars a night uh, in tips. It's it was right. like a good living, and uh, you know, I never really saw any celebrities. Glenn Close, whoopty fucking do. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, not the worst. No, David Something. Duchovny. David Duchovny, by the way, hot in person, and 
a fucking amazing tipper. Really? Like one That's of the best. So nice to know. Like a, a rich guy who's just like, here's fifty bucks. Oh, that's I really ordered. nice. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking good guy. Great. Um, don't, don't rich people just have to tip a lot just so you don't talk shit about nope. them? Nope. Nobody has really? to do jack shit, and they know nothing will ever happen. I will to them. not name this person until I am far, far away from ever having worked in a restaurant. But there is a very hot, famous celebrity who sucks at tipping. That sucks. It's like shocking, and he's like very famous and very fucking hot. That's and really upsetting. Sucks at tipping. That's horrible. Yep. Uh, anyway, who cares? Whatever. Celebrities are people. Dude, people I come care. in all shades. Yeah, okay, I care. Uh, but uh, I made like pretty good fucking money. And then my insurance got fucked up by the manager who grew up with a lot of money. So I don't think she ever understood because today... People I, who grew up with money genuinely in a childlike way don't understand, and they don't understand what it's like to not have money and how much little things will fuck you up and how much what you don't think is a lot of money is a ton of money. Well, when somebody in your family gives you a down payment for an apartment in New York City, which I know happened when she was in college, uh, and I know that her father paid like his sister's rent, her sister's rent. I know that like this manager who's like was sort of a friend is sort of a friend i don't know we have like kind of a fu- I, I like kind of like unloaded a lot of honesty on her today that i can't believe i, I i'm now clued into the fact that because i think she grew up with so much money uh that she didn't understand what she was doing to me but she fucked up my insurance payments to the point where i had to pay back like 777 dollars mm. and i said take it in one lump sum i don't want this to ever happen again she didn't address it to me the owner, Alicia, did. The manager never once addressed this to me. And it's now been six years. Today is the first time we have ever talked about it. Wow. I never confronted her and said, why didn't you ever apologize for doing this? I never did that. You did it today? No. She, I, I'll get to that all in right, a second. Right. Um, no, she texted me after I posted some shit on social media because um. today it was recommended i like alicia's new business and i was like fuck that i'm fucking <laughs> sick of these people fucking saying one thing that completely contradicts the way that they run through the fucking world yeah. you're gonna be a top chef and you're gonna be a piece of shit i worked for that guy for a year and a half i was a fucking amazing bartender mm-hmm. i i did such a good job the manager told me up until six months ago when she tried to get me to go work at her new restaurant that she works at that I'm the best bartender she's ever worked at. She has come into the restaurant I work at now and literally had her mouth open. I cannot believe what an amazing bartender you are. The praise was very high. And I don't say that to brag. I say that because I am somebody who is trusted and respected because of the job I did at this restaurant. So when I say that they're fucking terrible, terrible people for the way that they <laughs> treated their employees, including me. It might be a surprise to them, but it comes with the full weight of what a fucking amazing employee I am mm-hmm. and how trustworthy I am. I turned in every ounce of cash to be counted that I got in tips, even though I kept 100% of my tips. So I was taxed on 100% of my tips when I worked at that restaurant. Wow. I don't think anybody else would or could say that because I'm a fucking fool for doing it. Mm-hmm. But I really, I knew that I like wanted to be completely radically honest and and go into like working in new york city with that mentality that was really a conscious thing and that was my first serious job and i took i was so grateful to have it because as i discovered more and more like that this was a top chef and like he had like a like kind of celebrity following i was like this is an opportunity to work in a really fucking high energy new york city restaurant environment probably one of like the hippest places at the time and it wasn't really that hip. It was actually kind of like dowdy. At when it wasn't cool. The place Where I was it? Now, 
It was in the West Village. Okay. Place I work now is fucking cool. Like you walk in and you're like, whoa, all right, fucking cool. Like you feel cool just being in there. I always felt like I was like, you know, catering some event at a nursing home. Mm-hmm. On a, even on a Saturday night, even when there were people in there, it was just so like yeah, was- everyone was trying for something that they'd forgotten about themselves. And they were trying to recapture some coolness by going to this place that they saw a guy on TV own. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it was like a weird thing. That's it depressing, yeah. But it's also like really New York. Like that's a depressing New York thing. If you want it to be, but there is still fucking beautiful art happening here. There's beautiful food happening here. Yeah, I'm not saying that's like all of New York. I'm just saying that is a distinctly New York thing. It's not the pretentious yeah, stuff. That's like wait, that's like tastes like new york pretension exactly and you know what that is it's dehumanized on it's a spectrum it's not all radically like the you know the working at this place was a spectrum it wasn't all bad i'm like pissed off right now so i'm talking about like the really bad stuff but like um i think you were just dealing with like narcissistic personalities which you deal with a lot in new york city like harold probably just got really full of himself was smelling himself as sherrod has said to me when i'm smelling myself (laughs) you're smelling yourself tommy and it's true every time he said it to me he said it to me like twice and i was like i was you're right i gotta fucking not do that yeah but you know what that's exactly it like who gives a shit what the reason is like greed is greed and it's so ugly it's It's despicable and it's not look i get like yeah no 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 it's always bad it's always bad i get wanting to be financially secure get looking out for yourself i get being smart with business but greed is another thing like it's always bad okay and as rapid fired as i can do this because the story is getting boring i'm going to tell you exactly what greed looked like in harold and alicia's restaurant okay so the manager who grew up with a lot of money fucked up my insurance payments i pay back 777 and then two months later she still fucked it up and alicia took another 200 and that was it and then it was fixed okay i gave my notice very shortly thereafter because alicia was opening uh, and harold were opening this third restaurant the marrow which was the german German italian bullshit Mm -hmm. and uh in they had an individual meeting with every single member of the staff and one thing she said to me is i really want everyone on the staff to consider the energy they're bringing in here no. And I think I must Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why and I gave her my notice. Bitch, I, what? I literally I gave her my notice on the spot and I was like, Yeah, I want to leave. I want to focus on selling wine. because uh, <laughs> I was like I at that point that I thought that was a viable alternative to having just like a bullshit moneymaker. Yeah, right. Uh it wasn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've never been so poor because I sucked at it. <laughs> it was like a very alpha male environment. Right, and I was right. just like Bleh. <laughs> I'm a lesbian. <laughs> I need to thrive like the flower that I am in a garden. Lesbians are alpha males, a lot of them. And I, that's my favorite type of lesbian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I have to pick one, uh, it's all of them, but especially yeah. an alpha male one. It's good to like a, a nice toppy mask. Is that a butch lesbian? No. Would that be synonymous? No. Not necessarily. No, it's just like an energy. Yeah. It's like, I mean, butch is like a thing. It's definitely a thing, but like. A butch is like a, an aesthetic. It's like a, an approach to just like. Is there a correlation? Not, no, I don't think no. so because I know really soft butches. But a butch is a behavior too, isn't it? Well, I think butch is whatever you want it to be. You know yeah, what? I guess yeah, like, yeah. yeah. But whatever. I I can't define that. I know butch is like sort of an aesthetic. You know, okay. uh, it's like what you think it is. Like the short buzz cut kind of like that could be very butch. There's like lots of ways to be butch, but. Anyway, Tommy's a butch lesbian. Exactly. That's, <laughs> oh my God, that's exactly what I'm going for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. Well, because I want to attract another like witch. Right. And that's how like gay witches are. We're You're pulling like, it off. Lesbians. Thank you. 
So I give my That's notice. That's a good way to put it. I do like witchy people. Everybody I go for is a little witchy. If you're in my life, you're witchy. Totally. Yeah. I only trust witches. Yep. Not witches. Harold and Alicia. Uh, I leave. I leave. And then they ask me to come back consistently. Alicia asked me to come back and help close the marrow. She doesn't pay me anything but the tips that I earned. So she didn't even pay you your hourly wage? Nope. This was a new restaurant. I'd never worked there. I literally just helped close it for like a month. Um, and I had to hunt down my last installment, like the last wage that she owed me. I was underpaid by one dollar on one of those installments. Ew. She never gave me like a bonus, a thank, nothing. There was no like. Fuck I, you, Alicia. She wrote. She wrote at the time of the closing a big, long Facebook post and like thanked everyone who had ever worked there. Including, Pay me. Fuck you. No, tagged everybody like including people that had been fired, but left me off of it. No. Okay, so I was like, did, did I do something? Did I do something? I texted her the night of the closing party. I was like. Just sending, like, my love to you. You and Harold are wizards. Like, I think I, I wish you all the best. I was, like, trying to send her good energy because I was at that point still thinking that this is a relationship I need to keep going. Right. And I, I feel like an obligation to her because she gave me, in some way, my first job. She'd been to my apartment for a baby shower for a coworker. Like, she'd been in my home. I liked her. She seemed like a soft person. When I first started working there, somebody was stealing Merceau, which is, like, a really expensive white burgundy from France. Like, like $144. I thought what I thought was expensive wine when I first moved to New York, $150 a bottle, I think it was. Yeah. And... Like she cried in front of the staff and said, I read the news every day and take my job employing people over at that point to restaurants very seriously. And it makes me feel personally attacked for somebody to steal from me. And she, this motherfucker cut me off at 40 hours. Yeah. She stole from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and she <laughs> cried about it. When I think about that, I get enraged. But you still have a relationship with her today. You talked to her today. Right? No, I didn't talk to her. This is Alicia. Oh, Alicia. I got her blocked on Twitter. You. Blocked at Twitter. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I blocked her a long time ago on Twitter. Oh, uh, okay. I unfriended okay, okay. her on Facebook a long time ago. Uh-huh. Like, this all happened because I saw Alicia's name. The manager so is the one who fucked up my insurance. So, wait. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Right, right. I'm so not going to name her because, so like. So, wait. No, no. Whatever. You don't have to. So I wait, think she honestly is when just you a said, dumb rich kid. When you texted and didn't know Alicia that she was like, committing financial. I want to be clear. This is what I was talking about about microaggressions. Yeah. Because when we were texting today, she either is dumb as shit or genuinely uh, like psychopath just lying to me trying to save her own ass. The she, manager? Yes. Because she genuinely did seem to not understand that her she didn't remember fucking up my payment which is cultural exactly by the way it's I a think totally she just different culture i think it didn't even register that this would be a big deal to me and it's not even that rich versus poor yeah. it's just rich versus not rich it's like a culture shock for people and it's a culture like i remember when i was at nyu and i would like go to long island or whatever for like shabbat dinner at like a friend's house that was culture shock like that wasn't even wealthy it was just rich mm-hmm. it was like a few million dollars or whatever which is just like normal rich like your dad's like a pediatrician or whatever and that i was, was culture shocking and i clearly stood out and they clear they stood out to me. No, totally. Rich is like something that you uh it's really it's like race. Yeah. You know, you're just divided and like it's a lot of stuff that you have to address if you wanna like have a deep intimacy between the two classes, the two races. Like you have to be radically honest. Yeah. You have to just like really like let a lot of shit down in order for those conversations. So anyway, so this manager didn't know that like what had happened was a big deal. And one thing she did say, she was like, well, I can't imagine that Alicia would just take it out in one lump sum. Well, no, she didn't. She offered to take it out over time. I wanted to just have it 
dealt with. So I said, take it out of whatever my next check is. Just take it out. Because I knew like 777, I made more than that in a week. I was like, I'll have like 100 bucks left over. Right. And that's exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. And that was my choice. So I just really want to be clear that I was complicit in quotes in some of these things. Like I agreed to be cut off at 40 hours one single time. And then it became policy. Yeah, right, right. Because I wanted to work extra and I knew that they were they did not want to schedule people for more than 40 hours so why and did you want to work extra if you aren't going to be paid oh for the tips for the tips yeah, I see, I see. exactly this is why restaurants get away with rampant financial abuse of their employees this is yeah. not unique to harold and alicia i i think a lot of people who've worked in restaurants i experienced when i first moved to new york city uh two french fucking people that own a restaurant in carroll gardens on the corner of a street uh, that makes really good pastries and terrible savory food that they actually stole tips. They actually took <gasps> tips. No. Fuck off. Yes. Swear to God. Swear to God. They like counted our tips and divided them for us. No. That's True story. staff's job. Leslie and Jacques, I think was his name. Leslie was her name. Fuck you. I, that, that was like actual, and I've heard this a lot. You know where it happens a lot? Uh, sushi places. Is that right? Yep. True. Why? I don't know. Not all sushi places, but I've heard that's a that's a, you know what I shouldn't say that it happens a lot in sushi places. I've heard that's the reputation sushi places have. That's that's a hundred percent the truth. If this is how like blatantly corrupt things that we can just see and are a part of are. Yep. Imagine how fucked up everything is that we do not have any access to. Exactly. Yeah. Because this doesn't even take into account the back of the house. I'm telling yeah. you, front of the house, that's like a champagne problem. I know that I heard. That Harold Dieterly allegedly paid his cooks who work twelve hours day twelve hour days a hundred and ten dollars a day shift pay. Oof. One ten a day. First that of all, hurts. shift pay in New York City is illegal. Mm. That is illegal. But that is what I heard from multiple chefs. Sometimes they wouldn't work full twelve hour days, but that's sometimes ugly. they would. That's ugly. That is what I heard. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. I think true. every restaurant does that. Allegedly. Uh you know, I don't wanna be a broken record, but you know who doesn't do it? Lesbians. 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 Lesbians pay everybody overtime. They pay everybody a living wage. One sec. Lesbians. When I worked for Harold and Alicia, <laughs> this is legal. You can you can take money out of your employees' paychecks for family meal, like the food they cook you at the beginning of the day. But you cannot opt out of that money. I asked once. You cannot opt out of that money. You have to pay into family meal, even if you don't eat it. Hmm. You know what? You know who doesn't charge that? Lesbians. I don't, I, what am I going to tell you? <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. They just give us food. What do you want me to tell you? They're like, oh, thank you for working for us. Yeah, it's right. so nice. Oh, you're human? Here, feed yourself. Yeah, right. You look tired. Go sit down. What are you doing? Yeah. No, they don't say that. <laughs> it's New York City. Don't be crazy. Let's not be crazy. Don't be crazy. We got you a job to do. You look tired. Come on. <laughs> you look tired? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I don't know yeah, what they yeah. say. Get to work. Allegedly. Allegedly. How famous was this guy? How successful was this guy before Top uh, Chef? No, not very. He was like a sous chef at I think the Harrison which closed it was like what, wait, I think he that, still ain't shit what does he got a few failed restaurants and nobody knows who he is not he's a, the yeah, Kelly three. Clarkson of yeah who shop. gives a shit Wanna Kelly Clarkson's how, a delight let me tell you how they close their restaurants <laughs> so the marrow goes down and they make the decision which I'm sure is very difficult for them uh, by the way Alicia when I sent her that text message that's like, what I was I trying think to ask wizards, yeah. n- never responded oh, d- sh- what a fucking cunt. She and the manager, like, have, through the manager, have been going to be taking me out to dinner to thank me for everything for five years now. 
It's not happened in five years. Wow. I'm still waiting for the I'm dinner. I'm sure any day now. Any day, probably. Yeah, especially Down after this podcast <laughs> release. We're, gonna, we're just going to name this Alicia Nocenzo and Harold Dieterle. No, we won't. But we're tagging them in everything. 10,000. 100. We're probably going to tag Bravo, too, because you know what? I've seen – it has driven me crazy to see Andy Cohen – Retweet, go Harold. Speak. Yeah, like go Harold. <laughs> oh yeah, go go what? Go what? Be creepy allegedly to women that work in Wait, your kitchen. Wait, in what context is Andy Cohen saying? Because he was on Top Chef when Harold does something and it's like on social media. That's is like, Harold gay? No, he's married and I think has kids now Ooh. to a woman. Harold's wife was always really nice when she came in, like really really nice. Mm. Um, uh, Alicia's husband was an intimidating piece of shit. He really? was like so rude. I see him now because he's an actor in New York City. What's his name? Um, well, not, you, first you, you and can last. Google that because oh, okay. I didn't work with him. He was just like an asshole to wait on. And like I tried to talk to him about theater once because like, like, you know, I thought we had common ground. And he was he shut me down so obnoxiously. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was like gross. How? And he was considered. Do you remember no. the incident? Do you remember the feelings? Yeah. I remember he was telling me he was a fight choreographer on something. That's cool. And like he was like uh, like he had like a playbill. And like this is the first time I ever talked to him. And I was like, oh, cool. And I was like trying to drive. And then like I get it. You have to put up a wall initially because I was like new to him. And then I like said something and he was like, uh, OK, cool. So I'm going to talk about the menu or something. He said something like Ew. really like that. It was like I'm going to take the meaning. Why? Demeaning. Well, because I, I get it. Like a new employee, you got to feel them out. Like, don't get too comfortable too quickly. Okay, yeah, that's fine. But I then there's that. but then there's disrespecting well, a, a person. That's, well, that's, there's, that's yeah, not you nice. could do that in a different way. That's Sustaining nice. that not... tone with me for a year and a half that I waited on him <laughs> is a different story. <laughs> that's a different story. Now now we can have a conversation about pathology. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's called the God Complex. <laughs> and uh, it was your wife's restaurant. And how's acting? Yeah, I don't know. What do you want me to tell you? <laughs> they got two kids, though. So I've also been thinking, like, compassionately like oh they get two kids to raise but um yeah maybe you should have a moment to think about the way that you treated your employees have you ever felt uterally like you might want to have kids never have you michael have you ever had a uteral feeling um uh, yes <laughs> you have did you uh, think you, you were feel, trans do you feel loinally like you want i don't to have know what that's, no okay no <laughs> but i've seen a baby and i thought oh i would like to have Speaking to the mic oh, for sorry. Jesus fucking Christ. I have the he- headphones in and I should have been screaming that, but yeah, all right, go He's ahead. He's gesturing with it. I, <laughs> <laughs> He's pulling a Karen. I'm, we call that going full Karen. I'm so comfortable now. I feel so at home. Yeah, good, good, you should. You said two words this whole podcast. But also, fuck you. Oh, hold the mic. <laughs> they, they were very important words, though. <laughs> yeah, they were Persian and Jew. <laughs> I checked out. I was, I've just been in a sex fantasy <laughs> in my mind the whole time. I've been oh, so excited. Yeah, what did we talk about? Tommy's exact What happened? No, it's true what's up <laughs> how old were you when you started having loyal feelings how old were you when you started being uncomfortable with the thoughts that i was having in my brain currently about you? <laughs> seriously i feel like those thoughts get like more comfortable as you get older the thoughts of me yeah <laughs> like who gives a shit yeah that's true when you're younger like uh whatever have you ever been in a situation where you had to advocate for yourself with an employer um yes how did I, that go i do a terrible job i can tell yeah because i just want to steamroll over you like if i were working with you <laughs> yeah i get that i oh no, no no i would be brutal to you if you were in a re- if you showed up at the restaurant with this demeanor i would be like <laughs> i'd first be like i'd let you know i'd be like what's up how you doing that's how you lure me good in. to look at you objectively <laughs> Uh, and then I would be like, nobody's right. ever said that before, by the way. But thank you. All right. Well, listen, <laughs> you're on the wrong side of the fence. Right, I right, guess right. you would be a hit. You'd yeah. be, yeah, you'd be like a little cub. Listen, really? 
Yeah, there's something for everyone when you're gay. That's what. <laughs> that's why I'm gay. It's not because I yeah, like. Yeah, like everybody dick. just gets laid when you're gay. Yeah, too much. We're all sex addicts, yeah. or at least I am. Probably, I don't know. Probably, actually, I'm trying to like not do the app so much. I'm trying to let sex come to me. Uh, I have addicty behaviors, like where I just like want to fuck all the time. And What's your ratio on apps as opposed to real life? Uh, that's a homophobic question. Is it? Uh, because the answer is, is obviously a hundred. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> to zero. It's a hundred percent. I think it's like a hundred for everybody. Now. But but what I will say is that I'm like fuck a lot. I, I, yeah, I fuck a lot of people off apps, and uh, then I also mm. just keep the ones who are fucking chill. So it's a law of averages. So it's like you don't meet that many chill people. So but I have like probably like eight guys. I would say. That I have had sex with over the past few years that are really fucking cool guys. Out of? Too many. Millions. Sex addict numbers. <laughs> 250? I don't know. I honestly don't know. 200, 250. It's pretty good for 200. A guy messaged me yesterday and was like, Did we hook up? And I was like, No. And then he sent me a few pictures. I was like, Um, maybe. And then he sent me a picture and I was like, Oh, yeah, yeah, we did. 100%. Wow. That's because then he finally sent me the picture that like I connected to that was his profile picture. It was his asshole. Right. Exactly. <laughs> With my fist in it. Because I'm into film. No, I'm not. You just recognized from here to here of your wrist. <laughs> All right. Rapid fire. All right. Wait. Did I wrap up my story about Harold and Alicia? Fuck you. Was that enough? They yeah. suck or fuck themselves? Yeah, that was it. That yeah, was, right. Did that come through? It mm. ha- hard. Okay, good. Harold Dieterly. Yes. At Harold Dieterly. And Alicia. Blah, 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 blah. No Senzo. Yes. There yes. we have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so thanks for listening to that story. Rapid fired. Sure. Uh, wait, what were we talking about right before that? Fisting. Fisting. Fucking. fucking. App fucking. App fucking. Okay. Rapid fired. Fuck, marry, kill. Get at it. A porn star. The Your favorite porn star. Do you okay. have one? No. Do you have a porn star that you can think of? Your uh, ideal woman. Sure. The best sex you've ever had. Okay. Your mother. Wow. Well, kill my mother. <laughs> Very Persian. <laughs> they beat their wives. Well, Sons I kill mean, their moms. It's, it's the, it's the only choice that makes sense. We're for it. Uh, I, I under, understandably, you know what? I don't want to be culturally insensitive. You're right. I'm sure it does make sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna appropriate your culture by also killing my mother. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, be a good human and uh, just fuck wait till my mother, mother <laughs> to answer this question. I don't know. <laughs> I'm a good Catholic. I'm gonna fuck my mother. Out of, of course, respect, of course. I'll fuck my mother. Yes, fine. Fine. Uh, go. Okay, I would fuck the porn. I mean, this is a boring answer. I would fuck the porn star, and I would marry the best sex ever. To be fair, it was a boring question. So boring, it was horrible. It was the worst <laughs> fuck marry kill ever, and you delivered on the answer. So <laughs> thanks for matching the energy. <laughs> Karen, convert the energy. We already talked about how you do that. Okay, but fuck marry kill. A fish, a panther, an ant. This is worse, but okay. <laughs> I'm into this one. It's a new direction. I like when you get a little absurdist. Me too. <laughs> Marry the ant. Why? Because like, there's something admirable about it and how it could lift up more than its thing. Like, You'd be like, oh, you're a it is a good, good metaphor, ant. yeah. yeah. <laughs> good it's ant. also going to eat your flesh as soon as you die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a circle of life kind I mean, of thing. Yeah, that's only fair. Yeah. Um, what was you it? can kill it with a single load of jizz. <laughs> <laughs> It'll never get out of it. Not even a load, just It'll a tiny drown. droplet. Yeah. Watch it swim in there and drown. Come on, my ass. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Come on, my asses. <laughs> oh, we do laugh. <laughs> what was it? A tiger and what else? No, a panther. A, a panther, a fish, and an ant. A black panther? Is not the name of the movie everyone's seeing? Bingo. Haven't seen it yet. Me neither. Would love to. I would uh, fuck the fish. Can you fuck the fish in its mouth? There's only one way to fuck um, a fish, and that's I, it. Can we, get, can we get Shelby on the phone? <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about Shelby. <laughs> and I guess I would kill the panther. <laughs> okay. I think the panthers are endangered. Cool. Also, that's like hard racist. I think they're hard to fuck. Yeah, no. I'm going to fuck a panther because I like a challenge. You can't make a home with a panther either, so you can't marry it. I'm going to marry a panther to prove you wrong. <laughs> and I'm going to... Uh, kill the other two. No, you have to fuck one. Uh, oh yeah, but I fucked and married. I oh, find I'm marrying a panther. I'm gonna kill the ant because it's the easiest kill, and <laughs> I'm gonna feel the least bad about it. Yeah. And I'm gonna marry the fish called <laughs> Shelby. Shelby. Because <laughs> I like okay. big lips and I cannot lie. All right, I'm gonna kill the fish and eat it. Makes sense. <laughs> I'm starving. Protein. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fucking starving. It's also kosher. You also don't have to cook it. Um, I would, what were the other options? A panther and a, what? Ant. Teeny tiny little ant. And an ant. Okay. I would, hmm, I would fuck the ant. Oh. How? It doesn't matter. <laughs> All that matters is that if I fucked a panther, I'd die. And I don't want that. I would marry the panther and love it from afar, whatever. Yeah, um, Trump relationship. Oh, it shit. It wouldn't live in the house with me, but it would be an exquisite large cat like Melania, yes. <laughs> Our queen. Um, queen Melania literally almost <laughs> caused a homicide in Karen's bedroom. Don't you mean beloved Queen Melania? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I can't even talk about guns right now. Oh, that's too sad. Is it? Yeah, and you know what? Good for those fucking kids screaming those about kids guns because cool. those kids have gun energy which is what they're gonna need anything's gonna happen i, don't I think, think if these fucking i'm going no, to the march fuck this this this, this is a turning don't get me started. point this is a turning point with these kids because you know what this is the first time that this is a generation of people that we're hearing from who are like we keep getting shot like we're white kids who keep getting shot in our schools like no one has done that it's been like parents politicians adults and like, now so these, white, these yeah. kids were don't remember a time when school shootings wasn't a thing when we were they're when living Columbine in fear happened, that was shocking we were, but we were older like we were almost out of school yeah. like it wasn't our reality that was a once in a bluesies whatever Can you believe these that kids that get shot all the time it's insane and now they're full people and they're on the tv Yo, That's there's a columbine a survivor that would come on the show i would be really grateful to. if talk there's to. a school shooting survivor who's 18 or older or has a consent of a parent who would talk to us on the show or call us or whatever that would be so dope and we'd love to talk to you yeah because i would like to talk to somebody who survived a school shooting and does not want gun control or if you like or has like, oh that's really interesting yeah because i think it's like really like easy to talk to people that are like no let's just ban guns because that's literally how i feel i just but that's not gonna work in this country you're never gonna I ban know. guns. we can't have this conversation right now we can we can we it's can just do better we can do better we can regulate guns it's unacceptable to not anyway okay here's my thought is it's it's like you know there's just like a whole thing about like well-regulated militias and like okay 
let's have well-regulated militias. Doesn't have to be government oversight. Can be civilian, as we should have for police. Civilian review boards. You can have a gun if you belong to one of the well-regulated militias. Mm. Figure out a way to regulate them. Not my problem. That's actually I don't a really like good guns. idea. I know it is. I've thought about this. Fucking and then, but I take it too far for a lot of people because I think that the gun, the militia should keep your gun. You shouldn't be able to have your gun unless you're with your militia. Well, it should be treated like a cop car. Like if you can drive your cop car off duty, then you can keep your gun. Ah, exactly. Oh, I like that. We but solved it's like issue. registered to you and whatever. Like it's traceable. Mm. Mm. We solved it. Uh, I you mean, guys, we, we fixed it. I mean, we I did, it. but we did. <laughs> I fixed it. <laughs> um, and I helped. showing like a lot of skin right now. <laughs> you are. You're welcome, Michael. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, all right. Fuck, marry, kill. Are you ready? This is going to be, uh, you know, we're. I, I, I probably shouldn't do this, but. Do okay. you guys make a list of these? That is. No, never. We're not that organized. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's Alicia Nosenzo. That's Harold Ooh, Dieterle. Oh, I want to see. Let me see Dieterle and Nosenzo. Can He's we ugly. fuck, marry, kill them? Ooh, I, I can't fuck. It. What kind of name is Dieterly? He, it's an unfuckable name. Okay, Harold Dieterly, Alicia. No whoa. Senzo. No Senzo. You know they they've been written about in the New York Times. I'm not like busting and anybody that didn't have three restaurants in New York City. And Alton Brown. Okay, I don't think we can do this. Why? Uh, it's so disrespectful. Fine, I'll do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to obviously fuck Alton Brown because he is, uh, what's it called? Born again Christian. Brown. Yeah. Oh, is he? He is. Oh, okay. I'm going to fuck Harold. Uh, Harold? Okay. I'm going to marry Alicia so that she has to listen to me nonstop <laughs> for the rest of our lives. Uh-huh. Talk about the financial abuse. That's nice. And couples therapy. Perfect. <laughs> uh, friend of the show, Alicia, by the way. You want to come on the show? You're literally, you and Harold are both welcome on the show. Open arms, literally open Anytime invite. you want. Open arms and invite and legs wide open for Yeah, you. totally. Legs, arms, eyebrows, everything. Like, Mine don't, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Karen I had Botox like at 30. That. But, uh, you know, which I is normal. I, just, I didn't, I just have a policy of not moving my brows. <laughs> uh, and then I'm going to, I don't, fuck you, Elton Brown. I don't know you. I've okay. never met you. Um, That's crazy. I would obviously marry Elton Brown because he's a genius. <laughs> um, He would make me feel very small all the time. That's something that I look for in a man. Feeling less than a human being. Um, oh, I. That's so hot to it's me. It's so like hot. That. Oh, I know. Um, I'm hard again. Oh, <laughs> never goes down. Um, I would kill Harold Dieterle. He's truly one has one of the worst faces I've ever seen, and I, I like if I couldn't kill it, I would punch it. So I have to do the the nicer thing, and I would fuck. The girl, I guess. Because you're a to, dyke. Just to get those fingers warmed up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your turn. Your turn. I'm in this? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's what everyone who's listening has been wondering. That is amazing. It's like you asked to be on the show and then you're on it and you're like, fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah, you have to answer this. Oh, the level of disrespect. I would uh, kill all three of them out of respect to Tommy. Wow, that's that a is huge cop out, but also I mean, <laughs> literally, I like that it's so Persian because Alton Brown shows no <laughs> respect so to me. Persian. You're just killing him. You're just killing him to kill him, like he's your wife or something. Um, <laughs> Are you treating all these? And you like know it would turn me on. <laughs> Stop being so Persian. Ugh. You know, uh, I'm like so against domestic abuse, but then you throw a Persian in my face, and I'm like, ah. Um, you're I'll a regular you. person, so people don't have to follow you. But if they wanted to, where could they find you if you wanted to be found? Um, Michael Zakaim Z. 
Z-A-K-A-I-M on Instagram and Twitter. That's cool. Oh, this like no borderline <laughs> Jersey at Zakayim. <laughs> uh, Unhirable show and everything. Very, we love you. Yeah, you know us. Yeah, get at us. At Harold Dieterly, at Alicia Nosenzo. If you feel like it, which tell you them, do. Tell them Unhirable <laughs> sent you. Tell them you loved them on Unhirable. Yeah, they'll Friends be the show. thrilled to know. And also tell them to come on. Yeah, open please. arms. Open arms. Open panties. Everything. Yeah. Harold will be into that. Thank Allegedly. You oh, um, unhirable.com. No, he never cheated Patreon. on his wife. I want to be clear. That's not what I was implying. Just in case. No, no, nobody thought that. Okay, good. P.S. Unhi- uh, p- whatever. All right, let's go. Thank you for listening. Bye. <laughs>